Okay, welcome everyone to the Waxing Podcast. I am so excited to bring you Miss Rome, Georgia, Kristen <laughs> from <mean>. Lotus. <laughs> I'm excited to have you. I have wanted you on the podcast for a really long time, and I believe, really? yes. Absolutely. I believe in my heart, though, that everything happens in great timing. And it was actually when I saw you at, um, was it IECSC Palm Springs? West Palm Beach, yep. <laughs> yes. Or yes, West Palm Beach. And I remember seeing you and I was with my friend Jackie and she was like, Kirsten, you're so random how you just like walk up to people because she's like an introvert. Like, okay, yeah. sh- she went up to um, Hair Pearl. She's been um, with Hair Pearl for so long. And she went up and she was like, hey, like, I just want to purchase some Hair Pearl and things like that. Well, they recognized her. And I think she almost fell on the floor with like, like, she was like, no, 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 no. So she likes to like keep her head down and I'm like, oh, hell no. I like love seeing people that I know and like tapping on them. So yeah. Then I was like, I need you on my podcast. It was a good reminder because I saw you. (laughs) Well, now it's finally happening. I know. How was your trip to IECSC? It was good. Um, We learned a lot of things that trip. And what's funny is um, there was a company there that we demoed and at the time, I was like, absolutely not. Like, I can't stand them. I couldn't stand the treatment. I didn't like the protocol. Like, nothing about it was right. My um, poor receptionist was the one who received the treatment. And she actually had to go wash her face in the bathroom Mm. afterwards because they left her so gritty and itchy. Mm. Um, And so it was just this horrible experience. Well, fast forward. um, They have completely revamped the treatment, the protocol, everything. And one of our former reps now works for them. And so I was like, okay. I love her, so I'll give them a second chance, and I'll just we'll just have them come and do a demo. I bought the stupid thing, and I'm so excited. <laughs> so it was like a slow, it was like a long con, um, going and demoing that device, and like you know, however many months later, being like, oh, just kidding, I actually love it. Now I know I'm getting ahead of myself because I know all about you and your business, but you are an owner of how many and how many employees do you have in the business? Um. So including me, we're a team of six or seven, depending on the season. I have one receptionist who works for us during the summer because she's in college. I've got four, again, including me, four service providers, plus um, a doctor slash medical director who comes in every other week and does injectables and, you know, all the fun things we can't do. So how was your experience with like taking your team out of state to do like an IECSC? Is it something you want to do in the future? Like, did you feel like everyone benefited really well from it? Yeah, it was fun. Um, it was expensive, but it was fun. <laughs> we um, all, so there were only four of us went and we stayed in one hotel room with like just two queen size beds. And it's funny because, you know, Ray, for example, always talks about make sure you hire people that are different than you. And so I do that. Um, but you know, there's like two of us that are super extroverted. And then there's two of us who are like, like to have fun, but would really, you know, prefer to go to bed at like 8pm. So um, there was kind of that dichotomy going on where a couple of us would stay back and then the others would go upstairs and have a few drinks and hang out in the hot tub and whatnot. So interesting, but it was really fun. And we're definitely gonna do it again. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. I know I um, do you plan on doing any of the other locations this year? Because I know there's Vegas coming up. And then I know New York just had theirs. Um, 
to be quite honest, I would prefer to do a just a different show entirely. I feel like I have done IECSC so many times, like it's kind of the same thing over and over. Um, yeah. And if there's not really a company you're really wanting to talk to, I don't know that it's always super beneficial. I did take a couple classes when I was down there and that was great. Um, and I would do the classes again or, you know, pick different subjects and whatnot. But I don't know. It kind of, once you've done it several times, I'd like to find something a little different. I can relate to that. I've been to IECSC in Vegas two years in a row, actually, maybe even three. Um, and I'm deciding if I'm going back this year. But then a part of me is like, do I even really go for the show? I don't know. So half the time I go because all of my friends are West Coast. And right. I'm like, God, I want to see them. So, um, well, that's cool. I just came back from New York, IECSC. So I always have questions about like other locations because that one was a lot smaller than the one in New York. And I know yeah. the one in Vegas. And so yeah. such a such a different um, experience there. But yeah, so I, of course, brought you on for so many reasons. I'm going to be overwhelmed by the end of all of this because uh, actually, <laughs> let me reverse. You're going to be overwhelmed by the end of all of this because Probably. I'm going to be asking you all the questions because, you know, picking your brain here for all of the other people that are listening and hopefully someone can gain, you know, tons of value like I know that they will. So um, I want to talk about, and I am so, I feel so weird for saying this because this means that I stalk you because I do, but I know that <laughs> you had a background of like art growing up. Like I know art was really close to you, right? Yes, I did. Okay, so what did life look like before aesthetics? Like, do, where did you see yourself going? Um, okay, so I was your stereotypical, like, straight-A student. I took so many AP courses, and I graduated with a 4.2 GPA. Like, I was, I was in deep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I remember when I graduated high school, I had about 35 college credits, like, just off the bat ready to go. So I was like, you know what? I am exhausted, of doing this whole academic thing and I would just prefer to take a year off recover emotionally I've got the college credits like I can I can do this so um I spent that year doing well I spent what I thought would be a year doing um like gallery night type situations where people would come and like you know eat little fancy orders and um purchase art and whatnot and it was really cool at first but then People would start, um, you know, wanting commission work done. And I was 18 at the time and you can't really be choosy, you know, so I would be like, yeah, I'll do whatever. And it's kind of like, it would be like if you specialized in brow waxing and brow waxing only, um, but you weren't very well known. And so people would come up and be like, well, can you just do my lashes anyway? And you're like, okay, I'm not very good at that, but yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> so, Well, um, you haven't like hit your boundary limit yet. You like don't understand right. what boundaries are. So you're like, okay. No. <laughs> Nor had I ever had a <clears throat> real job, <laughs> so I had no idea of, like, how to, you know, advocate for myself and be like, you know what, that's really not something I do. Um, so I would take whatever came my way, and I would do it. And I I would do it okay, but it kind of built this resentment towards art because I was doing it to make money, not doing it the way I knew it should be done in the first place and then selling it um, afterwards. So there was a lot of, like, emotional buildup and I kind of just had a breakdown and was like I don't I don't want to do this anymore um so that was like December so I only did for like six months (laughs) I mean that's fair it's great though because there's so many people that stick into things just because 
um, right. money or because they think that that's all that's like out for them and things like that. So that's amazing that you literally chose in six months time that you didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah, no, I was like, I, I mean, art is still very close to me, but I, I still five years later have like feelings of like, like, you know, my heart starts pumping. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do that right now. Um, but anyway, so I was on the phone with my now husband at the time, uh, but he was boyfriend at the time. And he was like, well, what do you want to do? Like, what sounds fun? Just pick something, anything that sounds fun. And I was like, you know what sounds fun to me for a long time. And I've never, you know, even like looked into it or anything, but I just think it'd be fun to do facials and do extractions, all those videos that you see online. Like, I just think that'd be so fun. And he's like, okay, why don't you look into it? And I know it sounds so stupid, but it's like up until that moment, I had never once considered it as like a real thing. Listen, I think that that's the beauty of the industry is that sometimes we get into it very randomly. And for me, I was going through a part in my life where I was experiencing acne. I'd never done it before or never done it before, never had acne before. And I did not even know what an esthetician was. And I booked a class on accident at a school or why am I messing up my story? I booked a facial on accident at a school. And that was the moment that I was like, wait, you could like do this for like a job. And I went into the place the next day, had a talk with the instructor and signed up a week later. And that is how I am now an esthetician. Incredible. (laughs) So sometimes it's like, you don't think you're going to go there. And now all of a sudden it like consumes your entire well-being. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I really had not considered it. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess, yeah, let me look up schools. Just again, perusing, not even fully considering it. And then um, there were three schools. And next thing you know, I was interviewing and I ended up getting into the one that I really wanted to go to. And um, yeah, it was a blur. But um, I guess the way I argued it to myself was, you know, even if this isn't something I want to do forever, I owe it to myself to know, right? Like I need to go figure this out one way or another. So let's just do it. And trade schools are really interesting and kind of fun when you look at it in the perspective of like you had a really high GPA and you could have went to any four-year college that you wanted to go to, but you also would have been committing over, you know, $60,000 in debt or even up to, you know, $100,000. And so I think the perspective of trade schools and like going into, you know, esthetician school or cosmetology Mm -hmm. school is like, it's, it still is a lot of money, but in the bigger scheme of things, let's say you ended up doing it for three years, hated it, wanted to go mm-hmm. do something else. Your loss is not as bad no, as like going to law school. Probably, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. You, your return on investment is like a lot better than you actually going to become a doctor, a lawyer or anything like that. Right. And then all of a sudden oh, yeah. you're like, I don't like to do this. And you're like $300,000 in. Right. And I think there's unfortunately a negative viewpoint especially when it comes to the beauty industry, people, you know, beauty school dropout, you hear that term thrown around a lot. And I remember um, when I told, I'm not kidding, when I told one of my friends that I was going, um, their parents offered to pay for me to go to college because they thought that that was wasted potential. And they did not want that friend hanging out with me because they didn't want my viewpoints rubbing off on this. Like, it was just so mind boggling, the response that a that I got because everybody thought that I was so smart and had all this potential and was going to go off and be a doctor like my mom and do all these things. And I'm like, for what? 
But doesn't it give you like a really fun sigh of relief when you know that you could also now look at all of those people and it's nothing about competition. <laughs> it's not, and I don't want to take it here, but it's like when people do that to you, especially when it comes to the beauty industry, yeah. like, isn't it nice to be like, I make more than all of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, I guess, because now, you know, I'm 23 and most of my friends from high school at this point are either graduating or are entering grad school and I don't know it you know how you were talking about earlier how it's not about age but I am 23 and I do feel a little bit further along I genuinely think that's because I skipped four years Mm -hmm. like I relate more to people that have graduated and they're like in their field um more so than I do people in college and that's not to say like I don't know, my, my sense of humor and everything is more on par with people that are in college right now, but my life experience and just where I'm at, like I'm married, I'm running a multi-six-figure business, I've got employees, I've got a whole different set of responsibilities than somebody who is freshly out of college. And so it is kind of hard, like I don't feel like I have maintained a lot of high school friendships because of that. I can see that. And I can also see, you know, even if you did you know, have these people catch up to you, a lot of them are just going to become um, employees for now. They're not yet really diving into the entrepreneurship world because a lot of them just got out of college and has been conditioned to find a job. So, you know, it's not like you're being conditioned to be an entrepreneur in college, unless of course you specialized in like an entrepreneurship program. But yeah, you're, you're like very ahead of the curve. You're even more ahead of the curve than somebody who did graduate four years and even has been working in their first job, even if it's been two years. Because like you and, said, you have employees and really big responsibilities as a business owner. Right. And that's not to say that they are not going to catch up or surpass me. It's just mm-hmm. it's different right now. And so totally. Um, I kind of it's funny, like I'll be on the phone with one of my best friends and explaining the situation. I'm like, you know, and then her W two didn't go blah, 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 blah. and she's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that's nice. But I remember one time calling her, and I was having a full breakdown because I was renovating this new space, and I had blown all of my savings on everything. And she just kind of stopped. She goes, "Kristen, you know, more money, more problems." <laughs> and it just kind of brought me down. Like, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> it's so like, true, though. Understand? You know, I get it. Yeah, you do. And and you might have lost your savings in all of those moments, but you knew something bigger was going to come out of it. And I think that's the fun thing about opening your own business is you have to give yourself that leap of faith and know that that money is going to return to you. And that can be one of the most scariest beginnings of being a business owner. I think really looking at yourself and going, I'm going to drain this bank account because I'm going to get it back. Absolutely. Over right. and over and over again. <laughs> So while you were in school, um, did you see yourself doing exactly what you were doing now? How was your experience in beauty school? Um, well, so I had a very small class. There was a, it was just a class of four of us. Um, and the, the school I went to was actually owned by a well-known business owner who owned a um, speed wax brow bar. So in hindsight, she actually created that school so that she could just train future employees, which is genius. Genius, um, yeah. But I went into it thinking I wanted to do skincare full time and um, ended up really loving brows. I do remember finding out on day one that I was going to have to learn how to do a Brazilian wax. And I was like, what? <laughs> I didn't realize death. that was part of it. Like, I thought, 
thought of what I thought, but I just didn't think that was part of it. Um, and I ended up not minding it at all. Like it, it's a very lucrative service, especially if you're good at it and you Mm -hmm. can go, you know, 15 minutes, bam, 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 bam. So, um, definitely was a curveball. Um, but I'm so grateful. Like I learned so much about waxing and about, you know, brow shaping. Cause we would, we were expected to do a brow in seven minutes, like no questions asked. And, um, I never had to work for clients. Like she provided all of them with extensive marketing and just, we took walk-ins and there was never a, a lag. Um, so by the time I was there, let's see, I was there for two years. At the end of it, I I think I probably did about ten thousand eyebrows. <laughs> like, well, it's and absurd. it's it's funny because you and I have ha- already had such an opposite experience in our beauty school because I didn't have an instructor who did any time any sort of waxing, and so it's funny because it really can influence what you end up doing out of school, oh, at least at first. And having someone that owned a brow beauty bar can really shed a positive light on the the you know um, upcomings of waxing, whereas mine really just brushed over the topic because she couldn't be bothered. Her thing was facials. And so like the brow stuff was like such an, that was like unexciting to her. And she's like, okay, this facial experience. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But see, I found, I found waxing and then you ended up finding all of these. You do so many amazing modalities now. So like you found the love in facials. Yeah. Completely flopped. And I still do brows. I still have a love for brows. It's just, I ventured out and found more things. I'm like, Oh, just kidding. This is awesome. I'm going to add this too. So, so you've been licensed now for five years, obviously you graduated. And what was the first thing that you did? Were you an employee first or how did your brow or brow, how did your waxing and facial license come to use? Um, so I graduated and then, um, like I said, that, that same business owner, um, that owned the school owned, the waxing bar. So, um, she actually came in cause I remember I needed like another, I can't remember how many facials you have to have in Alaska, but, um, I needed another one for my, uh, license and whatnot. And she ended up coming in and I was doing her facial, whatever, you know, making sure I'm doing all the things right. And she was like, Kristen, this is the best face massage I've ever had. And I was like, really? <laughs> you mean that? Um, and she's like, yes. And, um, I was like, that's insane. Like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing my thing. And she was like, well, how have you considered like what you're going to do after school? And I was like, um, I don't know. I mean, I was considering applying, you know, to the brow bar and there were a bunch of others. And I was like, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of, we'll see. You're like, like, I'm winging it. (laughs) I'm winging it. Well, that's something we could look into. And what I found out years later, is that she left that facial, went straight back to her office and pulled the manager inside. And she goes, she wants to work for us. We've done it. We did. I could see <laughs> so that. Was, I could totally see all, it. Like, supposed to work out that way. But. Yeah. And also just to let everybody know, because we, you have not mentioned this yet, but you at the time are not in Georgia. You were in no, Alaska when all of this was happening. And so that I know is a whole story in itself. I think it's a really cute one at that because you ended up moving back to Georgia for your now husband, right? Love. For love. love. Yeah. For love. <laughs> but yeah, so this was all happening in Alaska. And so you, did you end up working at that brow bar? Yeah, I ended up working there for two years. And um, what I will say, 
and it's different for everybody, but I really do think there's so much value in working for somebody else because I got to see how a well-oiled machine ran. Um, and that's not to say that that business does not have its issues. We definitely did. And everybody that worked there will agree and say, yeah, no, we all have trauma, but um, still there are so many things that at the time I didn't quite understand, like our commission rate. Why was it exactly 42.5%? That's weird. I, I didn't understand that. And now years later, I'm like, Oh, because taxes are 50%. You need to divide 7.5 on the employer's end and 7.5, you know, to the, um, employee. And so it years later, it all makes more sense, but, um, having that experience and having, you know, this is what a good boss looks like. This is what a bad boss looks like. You really do. Um, no, I agree with you 100%. You should get your feet wet as an employee. Yeah. Because you will know what you should do different, what you shouldn't do different, what you appreciate now that you might have not appreciated then. You are able to look in the lens of an employee when an employee comes to you with XYZ because you had been there before. Plus, I always say, please fuck up underneath someone else's umbrella. Like, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Why? Why are we putting ourselves on the line? when there is literally a cushion period that you should be taking that is going to be your boss's fault. (laughs) And I say that in the nicest way. It's like when someone messes up, that's the business's Google review, not yours. Right. No, she would take the heat. Like I remember one time I I managed to turn. So do you do brow tints? Yes. Okay. So you know how red hair in particular is like a whole thing. Like it's a whole whole, thing. processes differently um it's very difficult and I had been working there for a good two years or not two years sorry two months at the time so I was still pretty fresh but I had done a fair amount of redhead so I thought I knew what I was doing and I mixed together um basically like a light brown and I put a little auburn in there to give it some warmth I'm like you know feeling like a chemist I go and I put it on um, my client and I'm not kidding when I say I wiped it off and her brows were blue black <gasps> and I Did you like, grab the wrong one? No. I didn't find out what had happened years later until, again, hindsight. <laughs> so what had happened was um, Auburn tint uses a copper pigment. Copper, whenever it's oxidized, just like the Statue of Liberty, turns greenish blue. Mm-hmm. So it had been an oxidized tint that I put on her. I didn't realize that. It just hadn't been closed well enough or it was older or I don't know. Um but yeah, <laughs> how do you put red on someone's brows and they turn blue? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like the, yeah, that's so interesting. Well, no, it turns out I, I always had like, I put either way too much of one color in. I don't know, whatever it's, but that's, a, that's the thing. If you're going to fuck up, do it underneath someone else's right. license, please. 100%. I, I learned so many things. And I always tell people too, I'm like, I hate telling people that because I'm not trying to like knock anyone down. I feel like if you dead set want to open your own business after school, like I am in no way, shape or form someone to tell you what to do. And like, I hate, you know, when people are so gun ho about opening your own business, but I just always want people to understand the perks of being an employee first. It's not that anybody needs you to like be initiated like a, like a sorority situation. It's not like us estheticians are like, you need to do this because this is what we did. It's more so of like that lesson through what you can gain of being an employee that really sets you up for, I think, better success as a business owner. Oh, yeah. And there's beauty in going to work, doing your job, 
and going home for sure and not and not worrying you know about did I respond to this client did I I mean I didn't I never had to question if I was going to have clients that next day I never had to question if I was going to have you know my paycheck varied but at the end of the day it was usually around the same amount and um I really I did not have nearly as many worries back then um I also had way less freedom way less freedom but there are perks for sure that people often sleep under the rug because they're like well don't you want to be your own boss and it's like yes and no sometimes yeah and I think when you are your own boss you don't like necessarily want to go back but I think you really do find that good happiness and what what was as you know an yeah. employee because we're we're always growing and moving forward. I don't I don't hear a lot of business owners say they regret being business owners, but I do think they can appreciate what being an employee used to look like. Absolutely. So when you were doing brows there for two years, you were in Alaska, and then you got love bombed, but <laughs> long term love bombed. Yes. <laughs> By your now husband. Um, yeah. How was how that? Like, how was moving across the country? You know, I moved to Colorado. So I, I know, and I live in Florida. So I know kind of the headache of moving licenses over. But how was your yeah. experience doing all of that, coming to Georgia, having a clientele, and then knowing you were saying goodbye to it? And like, what was your next moves in Georgia? Did you want to switch careers? Did you want to continue to be an esthetician? Yeah. Um, so I was freshly 20 at the time. It was October of 2019. Um, and I moved from Alaska to Georgia. And I remember <laughs> I had my car shipped because you, you can drive it. But um, when you calculate the cost of like hotels and gas and everything, you might as well just ship the car. So I packed my car full of everything and then had that shipped, flew down. And I had this like plan all laid out in my brain. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take three weeks to emotionally recover. And then <laughs> I'm going to go around and I'm going to talk to all of the spas and I'm going to, you know, see what's going to be a good fit. And I'm going to get my license transferred whatever. I'd already started that process. I sent in my application for endorsement um, mid-September. So I'd started like two weeks prior. Um, and then none of those things happened. <laughs> I <laughs> love that for you. Remember, you know, they said, send in your endorsement application. And then in about two to three weeks, we'll let you know if it's been accepted or not. Well, two to three weeks went by and I hadn't heard anything. And I'm like, okay, interesting. Kept waiting, kept waiting, finally got brave. And I was like, well, let me just, let me just call Georgia, the state board of her. Let me call them and see what's going on. So I finally get a hold of them and she's like, okay, well, let me go check on your application. She comes back and she's like, so we are waiting on um, verification of licensure from Alaska. And I'm like, oh, did they not send it to you or what happened? She's like, um, no, can you have them send it to this email address? And I'm like, okay. Um, basically, all they needed was Alaska to say, oh, yeah, we remember her. She was licensed. So I emailed Alaska and I was like, hey, um, my name's Kristen. I recently moved to Georgia. I really need this um, verification sent over to this email to get working. Like I, I can't work right now and didn't really get a response for a couple days. Finally, I get this email and they're like, hi, we don't do license verifications uh, via email. We will be sending it through the U.S. Postal Service. And I'm like, okay. 
um, this isn't the 1800s, but okay. <laughs> I know. I hate anything that has to do with postal service. I'm like, come on. It's like, just such a bigger hassle. So I'm like, well, let's, you know, give it a few weeks. It's got to come from Alaska to freaking Georgia. And um, waited and waited. Ended up calling Georgia again. And I'm like, hey, Alaska says they sent over my verification. Did you guys receive it? And she's like, no, we don't have anything. It probably got lost in the mail. Nothing ever comes through. So I'm like, great. Thanks for that. So I'm like playing middleman between these two government agencies. Um, and they ended up, so I contacted Alaska. They would not answer any of my emails. They would not answer any of my phone calls. I'm not kidding. I called them every single day and would leave a voicemail because I was so angry. I finally wrote them like a very mean letter and mailed it to you. Like I was like, fine, you want to do snail mail? Let's do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was so fed up. We're now at the two and a half, three month mark. Um, and I ended up, I drove myself to the Sonic drive-in and I ordered myself a slushie. And I was like, it's game time. This seems important. This seems like a moment of importance for sure. This is a moment of importance. This is the moment. <laughs> this was it. I called the state lieutenant governor's office because I was so sick and tired of it. Of Alaska. And I called and I was like, I cannot get a hold of Cynthia. I need her to send this verification to this email. I have been unemployed for three months. <laughs> I and mean, then, you said three weeks and it's been three months. What do they expect really? you to do? Could you imagine in today's world with the inflation in 2023 prices, you would be already homeless. So you're like, oh, can we God, hurry the hell up? In-laws. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, they were like, oh, that's ridiculous. We can get a hold of her. Literally transferred like that. I get Cynthia on the phone and I'm like, hi, Cynthia. My name is Kristen. I live in Georgia, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, you're the one. And then she stops herself. I'm like, so you have heard my voicemails, you've heard my emails, and you just haven't done anything. Yeah, like what? I was so mad. Um, and she sent an email that day. And within 24 hours, I had my stupid license. So it just so was a like, matter of getting her on the phone. It's a matter of getting Alaska to live in the 21st century. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So maybe, um, so maybe not Cynthia's fault, but the, the, People that answer the phones are like, who, who are we blaming here? Oh, we're blaming Cynthia. <laughs> Cynthia, we're like, the entire department. We're like, Cynthia, <laughs> if you're listening, please get it together for the next people. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was so mad. But I will say, let that be a lesson to anyone that is trying to transfer their license. If you bother them enough and they still don't respond, just go up a level. Just keep going until you get a hold of somebody because at the end of the day, they've got too much paperwork. They're not going to remember advocate for yourself. Absolutely. um, Yep. And for my lesson there is for anybody that comes from a state like mine, where you basically need to just say hi and get your license. And then you go transfer (laughs) somewhere else where you actually need to put in some work. I had to move to um, Colorado and they do practical as well as the, um, written exam. Well, in Florida, you don't have to do that like practical exam where you're giving like a fake facial and things like that. And so when I moved to Colorado, they were like, oh, you're going to have to become like a licensed esthetician through our program. And they were going to make me repay, redo all the things. But here's what you do, guys. You just find yourself a friend 
that has already taken the class and you have them pull out all of their shit and you have them show you how to do a facial that will be approved by the people that are doing the exam and you go and you do the practical exam with your fingers crossed. (laughs) Because I was like, I am not paying $10,000 to go into a room and correctly circular motion my hands while doing a facial correctly. Not happening. So transferring can be really hard. No, it can be. And it's so aggravating because any esthetician will tell you the the state board, the requirements, all of that, it is not to make you a good esthetician. It's just to make sure that you don't spread staph infections everywhere. So to make this big hole blue when the barrier for entry is so low, especially in Alaska or Florida or wherever, um, it's ridiculous. Okay. So once you did get your license, um, I know you went through all of the things, which is crazy. That's how you really know that that's what you wanted to do in life is whenever you were like, no, bitch, give me my license. I'm trying to practice. So where were you? Did you become an employee again or how did life turn for you? So I had looked at, so there was one spa that I like had my hopes and dreams on up until I actually spoke with the owner. Um, and then like all of those red flags, all those alarm bells started going off. It turned out she herself had never, she'd never been a hairdresser, never been an esthetician, never had been a service provider, but she was in charge and owned this business. And even just the way she was talking about her current employees, I was like, I'm no, I'm not working for this lady. So like all of my hopes and dreams had been crushed right then and there. Um, I looked around at a couple other places, but to be honest with you, Going from such a fun, upbeat, um, you know, speed waxing bar to like a dermatology office or a clinic or whatever was like not not going to be it for me. I was just not going to fit in. <laughs> um, so that really wasn't an option. And then there was there wasn't much. Like still today, there are four four businesses that I would consider aesthetic spa type waxing Mm -hmm. situations in Rome and that's it so two years ago or three years ago it was even less um so I kind of was just like you know what maybe this is a sign maybe I just need to go and do my own thing um I feel like I've got at least an an idea on how to do an eyebrow so I'm gonna figure this out and I ended up going down to the small business development center which one thing, if nobody has ever told you this, there are small business development centers in every major city and most small towns, and they are completely free, and they are run by usually a big university, um, and they will help you with all of the legal work. Like, I had no idea what I was getting. I had no idea. Yes. Like, an LLC, he helped me um, file, like, my articles of formation or organization or whatever. Um, we talked about electing for an S-Corp, but he ended up not. Like, he, he really so deep and helped me with this and he believed in me which was crazy because I thought here I walk in this little 20 year old and I'm like I'm gonna open a spa and I'm talking to this (laughs) 70 year old man in Rome Georgia (laughs) and um he he really listened to me and he was like this could work I was like you mean (laughs) I still to this day I'm like I love that man he was like okay and what we're gonna do is we're gonna make sure that you're on google we're gonna get you your seo like all of these things that you know, over time you realize they're super important, but I feel like I got a head start because he was like, no, this is, if you want to pop up on Google, you have to do this. If you want 
you know, to make sure that your tail's covered, you need to get insurance, all these things. Like he checked every single box for me, essentially for free, which you're not learning in esthetician school. No. Esthetician school is like, Hey, don't give your client an infection right? and don't kill them, you know, with, <laughs> with something major. But yeah, like you don't learn any of that stuff, which is so cool that you were able to go to a place like that. So that's in every major city. I had no idea. Yeah. I tell everybody about it. But so yeah. I did that. And um, I remember the the big one for me was I went to the bank because now that once you have your paperwork, you can go to the bank and you can open up a separate business account, which once again, mm-hmm. thank God for Matt at the Small Business Development Center who told me to do that. <laughs> um, and then I started the hunt for a spot. And I was thinking small room in a hair salon or you know, something, just a suite, but this is an old town. There's not really anything like that. Um, and most things are not on the internet. So you have to know somebody to know somebody to, who knows, then know somebody to try and get into one of those. And I was, which were, was not you not at, all. at all. So, <laughs> so I was reliant on, um, realty websites and I did contact several realtors and not one of them took me seriously. And what's funny is one of them, I don't think she remembers, but one of them is a client of mine now. And I'm like, you didn't even answer. You didn't even, <laughs> or she did answer, but oh. she just didn't think that it was, she was like, nope, I don't think there's really anything. Sorry. So anyway, long story short, I ended up driving by a spot and it was a storefront, not a small suite. And it was at the tippy top of my budget that I had set in my brain. But I was like, you know what? visible it's pretty I think I could make this something so I um called and within a week signed the lease so that was February 26th of 2020 (laughs) (laughs) which is funny (laughs) I know I'm going into like so tell me about your first month (laughs) my first month oh my Uh, gosh okay so do you look back mm -hmm. Now that it's 2023 and now that you have, you know, all of the accomplishments underneath your belt and do you see any part of 2020 being a blessing for you in some ways? Like, do you look back and like, you know, because what an interesting time oh, yeah. to open a brand new business in a brand new town, not knowing anybody, but your love bombing boyfriend. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason, 100%. And So I had thought that I was going to open March 15th, actually. That was like the day. I was like, I'm going to open March 15th. And I'm pretty sure that's the irony of all of this. I know, I know. It's so funny and tragic. Um, And I had already spent a fair amount getting, you know, my bed and um, furniture and wax pots and blah, 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 you name it. So you had none of this. Hmm? Yeah, you were in. I said you had none of this. You did not have an old bed from a suite you could take. You did not even have a friend that you knew that could sell you one. Like you're you're in it. I was in it. I was yep, it had to happen. And I remember freaking out, obviously, whenever the whole world shut down because I was like, Well, maybe it'll just be two weeks. We'll just postpone it. And then it became gives you more time to decorate. Right. No, and honestly it did. (laughs) It did. Yeah. Um but I did not have any I did not have an existing clientele that I could, you know, encourage to buy product. 
I didn't have anybody mm-hmm. who could buy gift cards. I saw a lot of restaurants doing that or doing to-go orders. Um, I really, I had, luckily, I did have enough savings. And I remember I used this as like an argument point for whenever I was signing that lease. I was like, no, it's fine. Like I've got a year's worth of rent that I could put towards it. So it'll be fine. Because I'd assume, you know, I'm not going to make a ton of money. I didn't think zero, but I thought I would <laughs> make a ton of money for the first few months. Um, so I was able to still pay my rent for uh, three months, but around May, I was like, okay, we have been blood dry. Something's got to give. And I talked to Matt at the small business development center, my only friend. And he was mm-hmm. like, it's a good friend to have. I'll tell you what, he was like, you know what, Kristen, he's like, this is going to be in our lives for a while. He said, but the younger people are going to get more adventurous. They're going to miss their, their nails, their hair, their feel-good services. The people that have always had money still have money. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And like that, just, I was like, okay, okay then. And I really do think that was God like speaking through him. <laughs> like it's going to be okay. I, was like, I think so mm-hmm. too. I think I, I love the advice that he gave you because it's advice that people now look back on and give people and be like, well, you know, in the hindsight of things, like the industry was booming after everything opened back up because he was correct. Mm-hmm. Like people were missing those self-care services. Yep. And a lot of people were DIYing at home and realizing, man, these estheticians, they kind of do have to have some talent behind their belt yep. because this is not as easy as I thought it would be. You know, everyone's trying to do their own nails, color their own hair, do their own brows. And now they're actually appreciating these licenses all of a sudden. Yep. So whenever you did finally open back up and, you know, I think something really cool and just to take from your background of being someone who did do art for a while, even though I understand why it didn't really give you that passion and that fuel, because like you said, you weren't able to create what you wanted and then sell. But this business is kind of a new way for you to express your creativity and everything that you love about art and express it through facials, brows, and aesthetics in your business. So was that kind of a moment when you were creating your space and everything was locked down, but you kind of had somewhere to go and express this creativity towards? Yes. I 100% would get up in the morning, put on ugly clothes, drive to the salon and crank up some music. And I would paint and I would um, work on, you know, So one of our claims to fame back at our first space is that we had a plant ceiling where I literally took $400 worth of um, fake plants and I stapled them up there and like arranged them (laughs) in such a way. And like, when I tell you that was one of the best marketing decisions I ever did because people would lay on that bed and take a picture and post it. Like, Mm -hmm. but I had all this time to do kind of different things like that and um, make it a space that you want to say you go to and want to take pictures of and kind of brag um there yeah there's beauty in that and I tell people all the time I'm like yeah I did start out in art and I did move to the beauty world but is it really that big of a jump no Mm -hmm. you're still creating something beautiful whether it be your spa design or crafting an eyebrow out of two years of overgrowth or you know whatever like there's there's beauty in all of it and there's art in all of it so you did, you know, once open back, back up, you did work for yourself and solo for how long until you needed to expand? Nine months. Wow. Yeah. 
which now is there anything that you can take from that nine months to say okay this is what I did and I do know that it worked for me so you should do it too um online booking and I pretended that I wasn't a woman show <laughs> for a lot of it like I made a website and I used we instead of I a lot of the time um I used like I, I made it to Google Pay. Like I really and truly was like, no, this is a real business. Um, mm-hmm. It is run by this one single 20 year old girl, but it is real. And I love that you just said that. I love that you just said you started off with saying we. Mm-hmm. I think that people don't realize the power of that because you're already looking at your business bigger than yourself. Yes, 100%. And nobody else in town had a website with their services listed and their price list and pictures of the interior or had, you know, this is our team, none of that. So I was looking at it from a, well, what questions can I answer before they ever get here? Um, So I built us a website. I learned Squarespace off of Google and um, YouTube (laughs) and um, really just, yeah, I used we terminology and still pretended to be a we. I had policies in place. I knew that eventually I would hire. I just didn't know. It's a very daunting thing. Like you're suddenly bringing somebody into this whole world that you've created from the ground up. And you're like, okay, here's my life's work. Right. Don't please, don't, please don't. <laughs> Hi, you're really cool. But please don't mess up my business because my business is cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did do you feel like you've been really lucky with like the employees that you've had, or do you feel like you came about it in like a strategy? Like, do you think it was luck? What What do you think? Um, you know, people people would ask whenever they'd come in to get their brows done or whatever, and it was just me. They'd be like, "So, are you ever gonna hire, or are you ever gonna expand, or what's your plan?" And I remember I would always say, "It's gonna take the right person walking through that door," and that is exactly what happened. I um had a client who was like, you know, I've got a friend who um, just graduated aesthetic school that you might be interested in talking to. And I kind of just brushed it off. I was like, okay, whatever. And then that friend sent an email. Um, and I also missed that email because again, I was a one woman show running around like a crazy person. And then that friend booked a facial appointment with me at 10 a.m. And it happened to be a morning where I had not fully dried my hair yet. I was running late. I had just gotten there and was still finishing like setting up towels and everything. And so she walked in and saw me in my full chaos mode. I had no (laughs) idea that she was a licensed esthetician, like no idea. And um, she sat down. I was like, give me just a second. I'm going to get y'all, you know, squared away just one minute. And I brought her back to the room and then we started her facial and we were just talking like small talk. And she goes, you know, um, I actually just graduated aesthetic school. And I was like, really? You don't say. say. (laughs) And there was just something like, it's like I had known her for years, even though I just met her and I felt at ease. I felt like she was straight up with me. Like she wasn't, even though, yeah, she was being strategic. She wasn't being um, pushy or I don't know what the word. It's like an energy. Yeah, it was just an energy. You know, you were feeling Mm -hmm. the good energy and it was feeling it back, you know? Yeah, and I told her, I was like, well, if you, you know, want to talk more about an opportunity, like, to work here, like, I would, I would be open to sit down. Um, And so we ended up, we were going to go to this other restaurant and I was on my way. This is a couple days later. 
and she called me she goes so i just looked at the menu and to be honest with you none of that was good you want to go to panera and i was like yeah <laughs> you're like actually you're hired i, know, I mean i know I'm we're like, gonna do the interview but <laughs> and so it was just a moment of like no this makes sense and i had a good gut feeling about it and that employee just celebrated her two years with me so um, amazing biggest blessing truly now so i've only had one mm-hmm. that i have had to fire and that was because I hired a friend and I never, ever, ever should have done it. And I should have trusted my gut. But other than that, <laughs> all has been well. So for anybody that does not follow you, of course, they'll get all of your credentials to do so. But it's very, very clear that you take really good care of your employees. And I don't mean it in a boss way. I mean it in like a genuine, like you care about these people as much as you care about your business. Like they are all in one. And so tell me some things that you... I feel like you do plenty of things that are different from everybody else, but like, you know, what are, what are things that you do for them that, that you do think kind of keeps that longevity and and makes them, you know, stay. And I know it probably comes natural to you. So you probably don't see it and like, okay, I'm a boss. So that means X, Y, Z, but yeah, talk about some cute things that you do for your employees. I, there's, well, one, I had an example of what not to do. So that helps. Um, but (laughs) Two, I think there is this whole generation that firmly believes that control and, um, you know, on, on a need to know basis, like that is the way to run a business. That is how you get your employees to respect you. You've got to be up here and they've got to be down here. Um, and I just don't, I wouldn't want to be treated that way. So even though they are W2 employees, they have a lot of control. Um, I, I do not set their schedules. They choose to work however many days or as, as many little days as they want to. Um, I do not tell them no when they want to go on vacations. The only time if there's like, everybody's going to be out or, you know, we need to move things around. But other than that, we really, I don't tell them no. Um, Mm -hmm. I pay them more than anybody else in this town and, it does make it hard sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you. And in fact, I actually had to bring it down a percentage because um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't realize just how much of a toll taxes can take on you. And that conversation on its own terrified me because nobody wants to be like, my friend had the same conversation. So you're definitely not alone in that. I think you want to do so much for your employees. And then you realize like, it's literally not possible sometimes to do as much as you want. But I mean, we had, we had a meeting and I, I'm just very transparent with them. I broke it down and I showed them the numbers. I was like, this, this is what we need to make just to break even, not even to make a profit, but this is what it looks like for everybody to get paid and all these bills to get paid. I was like, this is what we need to make for me to get paid. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. um, I was like, this is how much we pay in taxes every single month that I did not realize was just being auto withdrawn. This is why we can't get ahead. This is why we are drowning right now. And if we keep this up, we will not have a business in six months and they were just like makes sense oh okay yep so I think informing people why you're making those business decisions and physically showing them like no this is why (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially when you're at a point where where your business is closing I'm very transparent with like I said I show them exactly what we make like we'll even I'll pull up the quarter I'm like okay this is what we sold in products this is what we and that's something that I did take actually from my previous job that she did because it's easy when you're an employee to be like, I'm only making X percent of every 
service that I do. But if I took all of it home, I would be making $10,000 a month. And you're like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> but okay. But what you don't realize is that that machine that you're using is $43,000 just to purchase. And like all of these other overhead things, like it, I just had no concept of it. It's been very eye-opening. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and how how long are you have how long have you been in business now by yourself and now with employees? What's been the duration of that? Um, so I was in business by myself for nine months, and then employees um, about two years. So we're actually coming up on our third year total as a business. Do you have anything fun planned for the thir- th- uh, the year three? I was thinking. Well, so like I said, I just bought a new machine. And I do kind of want to do a launch party. And I think it'd be cool to reveal that at a um, one or three year party. However, I don't know if that's going to work out. So anyway, plan B is I kind of think it'd be fun to have a casino themed night, like force everybody to dress up. <laughs> and then I told my husband, like dress up as um, an Elvis impersonator. And then I have people <laughs> take that. Like, I think that's so funny. <laughs> I think it's cute and I think that it's creative and I think that people like stuff like that. You know, yeah. events especially around the beauty industry that are like not so stale and so like spa-y and like more fun is perfect. Well, and nobody like I always think about it from a once again a client perspective. If I saw this business was throwing a party and the only thing in it for me was some hors d'oeuvres and like five percent off a of product, I I wouldn't really care. But if it was themed and I got to dress up and I could take pictures. And I got drinks and food. Now we're talking. And there's like an activity. I'm really big on having an activity. (laughs) I agree. And I think too, like having promos and things like that, especially if you have long-term clients, I'm like, I know you carry skin better. I'd be there in a minute. I'd be like, (laughs) is there a drawing happening? Can I possibly get a trio for free? Like, or maybe even 3% off. I will literally take it. So (laughs) I'm into that. So where do you just really wrapping it up to like a bigger, you know, you've gone so far in five years and I think it's a really, you know, testament to how hard of a worker you truly are. And I know that you, you know, are in the current time, but I have a feeling that you always are looking into like a bigger picture. So what do you, what do you feel like you envision for the next five years, even the next year, if you want? Well, um, I have a lot of big goals, just revenue goals that I'd like to hit. Um, and I, I mean, we're still in the building phase. I know it's easy to look at all of these businesses on Instagram and like you see everything that they have, you see all their devices and whatnot. And it does, at least from probably my client's perspective, seem like we are bringing on something new, like every two months, because we kind of are. Um, so we're still building. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I do see us bringing on um, maybe like a laser machine down the line or just something to still serve our clients in a way that we don't have to send them elsewhere. Anytime you can keep them within the business, like do it. So um, just investing in more modalities, something to serve our clients. And I also am getting to a point where I'm either going to have to cut my books or close them to new clients or I don't know if I'll ever like truly completely remove myself from the treatment room. I don't, I don't see that being very fun for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do think I'm going to have to continue to kind of scale back um, and take on more of an administrative role because it does get to a point where like you don't stop. I mean, yeah. I, I have three days off for a weekend every single week, but it's not actually a weekend. I've spent 
all of it, running around, doing stuff for our Easter promo, making Instagram posts, making marketing posts, running ads, like it's, it never ends, placing orders. Um, so I, I need to get better about that. <laughs> and I think that's going to have to take um, something away from my plate, which might be yeah, a day or two with clients. It's all a growing, you know, all a growing and learning journey that you get on and things like that. Obviously, I know you know so many people that are in those positions now and it's like they've been doing it for so long. And so, yeah, I mean, but I think it's fun taking clients. I think that that's a part of the industry that, you know, never kind of gets old because you're constantly talking to people that are like friends. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're better than friends because they <laughs> they give you money. <laughs> no, really. Like I'm, I'm like, I like my friends, but I like like my clients a lot more because they are fun and I don't have to actually get into like a lot of their like hard stuff, just their fun drama. And then they <laughs> right. give me money. <laughs> well, thank you, Kristen, for coming on. And please tell everyone where they can find you. Um, so you can follow me at skin.by.kristen. Um, you can also follow my business page. It's at Lotus Rome. And if you're ever in Rome, Georgia, you better book an appointment and come say hi because I die every time people do that. I think it's wild. I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, how did you find me? And then you're like, all right, shit. Now I got to be like, you're no, like, I know I'm good, gonna, but you're like, I'm going to put on this persona. <laughs> yeah, you had, I got to exceed D-Bond, expectations D-Bond on the internet. 